Welcome to the Dev Questions Podcast with Tim Corey. Join us each episode as we tackle the questions you are asking about a career in software development, understanding the industry, and new technology. If you're just starting out or you want to grow stronger as a developer, this is the place to get your questions answered. Now, here's your host, expert developer and online educator, Tim Corey. How do we deal with burnout? How do I avoid being burned out? And what do I do if I feel like I am burned out? This is a question that's come up a lot recently in today's culture of work from home and pandemic and all the rest. This really created a, a big problem with burnout. So let's talk about how we can avoid burnout and what to do when we're in the midst of burnout as well. An example I've heard a lot on burnout is filling your tank versus emptying your tank. And I want to use that example, but I don't want you to think of a gas tank. Because a gas tank, when you're driving your car, if your gas tank is empty, then your car stops. And that's not really what I want to think here. I want to think more about your oil reservoir in your car. So the oil is what lubricates the pistons, it allows your car to operate and run but when you run out of oil, your engine seizes up and you have massive problems. That's more we're talking about here. And you can even run your car a little bit on bad oil or not much oil, or maybe even almost no oil. But once you get to no oil, you're done. It's not like you just, oh, we'll fill a tank up and keep going. That's not really what it is. And then that's not what burnout is either is, oh, we'll just fill a tank back up and you're good to go. Um, this is more like oil, not gas. So let's talk about what drains our tank. What are the things that in business, in life will cause burnout? And the, the big one here is going to be stress. This is something that we've all been under um, when it comes to lockdowns and all the rest, uh, you know, health issues, uh, family problems and all the rest. Those cause stress. Now, stress can be physical, it can be emotional, and it can be mental. Any of these can really drain you when it comes to how you feel. And it can be very quick. It can be something that is um, that comes on very suddenly. Maybe um, you know a relative passes away, another relative passes away, and you just feel like you can't cope. And that stress can really drain you quickly. Or it can be something like at your job where maybe maybe your boss is kind of demanding and doesn't really listen to you and maybe micromanages a little bit. And it's not a major thing, but it's a minor thing every day. And so that stress is a, a long-term slow burn buildup where it just keeps building up gunk in your life and it drains you and it drains you and it drains you. And any of these can be causes of burnout. It's not just the, oh, I'm working 40 hours or 80 hours a week, or I'm working 100 hours a week every week. And that can be, that's a physical stress, that can be stressful and that can cause burnout, but maybe it's just, I'm working more than I should. I'm not getting the opportunity to do other things because I'm, I'm being held back at work. I have to stay late. I have to come early. Yes, I have the 
physical ability to do that, but it's just a stress in my life. That can be um, part of that drain a tank as well that can cause burnout, but it's not just those things. It can be the emotional as well. Um, someone who is continually um, irritating you at work, that can be a drain on you. And it can cause a buildup of stress, a buildup of those negative emotions that just kind of weigh you down and over time will cause burnout. And the final thing here that I think that is a big one that people overlook is a lack of connection, a lack of real connection. The, the work from home movement has gained a lot of traction, especially again, these, these times of COVID and other things. But, and I, and I, I love work from home, don't get me wrong. Okay, but there is a danger as well in work from home in the fact that you don't get the same connection. I don't have talks or, or um, communication with my employees over Microsoft Teams in the same way I would if we worked in the same office. I don't have that same connection. And so you have to do other things to create those connections. And we're actually working on doing even more in the coming months because we need those connections. We need those um, those connections to be able to have more than just a, a work discussion, but a discussion as a real person, as a whole person. And this is where burnout again can, can rear its ugly head in the fact that we don't treat people as whole people and not just the work part of it that can cause or allow stress to grow and allow things to fester and and become worse over time and really drain out the, the tank of the person who is struggling. So that lack of connection can be difficult, all right? So those are the things, and yes, there's a lot of things that can cause stress. There's a lot of things that can cause burnout, but I the big bucket here is stress. The big bucket here is the idea that we let something go over time or we have something big that comes up. But either way, we can, put the, um, the broad band on it of stress. So what are some solutions to avoiding burnout or maybe getting out of burnout once we get into it? And that's why I wanna use that again, that idea of, of running out of oil in your engine. Because sometimes people think, okay, well, if I can just you know somehow jumpstart or, or fill them back up a little bit and let them keep going or fill myself up and keep going somehow, but really, once you get to the point of burnout, it's not as simple as just fill back up with some good stuff and you're good to go. Um, so you don't want to get to the point of burnout because it can be much more difficult to get through. So first of all, fill your tank. Do things that reduce stress, physical stress, emotional stress, uh, mental stress, things that, that, that take away some of that weight every day because if you're adding weight every day and not taking away the same amount of weight, then you're going to at some point overload. The way I have done this in the past, in my previous uh, location where I lived, we had a big garage. And when I say big, it was originally a carriage barn. And so it was about 50 feet by 40 feet. And so I put woodworking equipment in there. So I had a table saw and I had a whole bunch of woodworking tools and I would build things out of wood. Do I need to? No, I could have. Uh, done something else. I could have gone to Ikea and purchased something. But the idea of making something with wood was really appealing to me for a couple reasons. First of all, 
I had not learned how to do that growing up. And so I was able to learn that and, and acquire a new skill, but also woodworking has just about zero to do with my day job. Okay. Has zero to do with programming. Yes, you can get CNC machines and other things that are basically computers, but that's not what I did. I had a table saw. I had a circular saw. I had drills. I had drill presses. I had, you know, things that were just physical tools. And I would learn how to build things, how to make things and, and do things for around the house because that took a lot of stress off of me because it engaged my mind, but in a way that I wasn't used to in a way that had nothing to do with what I was doing at work. So for me, that filled my tank. Some people go for a walk. Now for me, going for a walk can be great, but I often find myself, my mind wandering back to the problems I'm thinking through, and that can not be as stress relieving. So I like to have my, my mind engaged in something else when I'm doing that. Another thing that I do is I listen to audiobooks a lot. So if I'm at the grocery store, I'm listening to an audiobook. If I'm in the truck alone, I'm listening to an audiobook. If I am doing something outside where again, I'm working alone, I'm listening to an audiobook because it engages my mind. But I also have a rule that I almost never, I don't say never, but I almost never listen to a, a self-help book or a, a nonfiction book or something where I'm learning or growing in some way. I turn that part off. That's not what that's for. Instead, I listen to fiction. I listen to things that, that I enjoy, things that are not real, things, sci-fi is a big, I'm a big fan of sci-fi. So I listen to sci-fi, just something that, that allows me to shift my brain into something I don't know what to think about. And I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about what I need to do next. It relieves stress for me. It takes off weight. And so by doing that, I am better prepared for my job, even though I'm not even close to burnout. It allows me to refresh just like sleep does for our brain in general. It allows me to refresh my brain when it comes to how I'm thinking mentally, what I'm thinking about, and I come fresh to my job with new ideas and fresh thoughts because of the fact that I relaxed and got away from the everyday job. So even if you are locked in where you have to be at a job 60 hours a week and maybe you have to go home and do work at home, maybe you're a single parent and you have to take care of the kids, that can be exhausting, but see if you can shift gears, see if you can find a way to turn off your brain from your job and think about something else. And it's not just mindless, but it is something that, that engages in a different way that, that reduces stress. All right. Now, another thing that is important is the basics for physical health exercise. This is one that is really easy to get out of the habit of, uh, when it comes to a desk job. I know I am a product of getting out of the habit of exercise, but it's important to get out and move, get out and do something. And if you can, in the middle of the day, get out and go for a walk. If you have a lunch break, spend half that lunch break moving somewhere. I used to work in a building where I was on the fifth floor. And so one of the things I chose to do was we had a bathroom on the bottom floor. 
and I would choose to use that bathroom instead of the bathroom on our floor. And I would do that by walking the stairs. So five flights down, five flights up. And I would try to do that for lunch too. I'm gonna go downstairs, all the way downstairs. I'll walk around the town, I'll come back. And I would do that where I go up and down the stairs, usually about five to 10 times a day, I'd be up and down those stairs. Well, 50 flights of stairs in a day really gets your heart moving. And yes, it's broken up over time, but by doing that, I was able to have some type of exercise for my body to allow it to get some movement and to get some exercise and to not just get stuck in a chair all day. Uh, eat right. The idea that, that you have good snacks around, not just um, just chocolate. Um, I have actually I have my desk right now. I have almonds, unsalted um, whole natural almonds. These are great because I can snack on them and it's not something bad. Or I feel bad about eating it. I don't have to feel bad about having five, 10 almonds. It's something where I can eat it and keep going and maybe not put off having a bad snack. So eat well. And then the biggest one as well is sleep. Try to have consistent sleep. Consistent, not just when you can get it, but try and have that, I go to bed at this time, I get up at this time, and be consistent in that. If you can do those things as much as possible, that will help fill your tank back up. Now, there are certain cir circumstances where you're in a situation that's going to be draining and it's not going to get better. If possible, remove yourself from that bad situation or don't put yourself in that bad situation. Here's an example that um, I had. I was at one point in my life, I was on my own as a software development consultant where I would come in and I would write code for you as a consultant. And I did it for about a year and that was super stressful. And the reason why it was stressful is not because I'm not a good software developer. In fact, I'm a very good software developer, but that's not what the job really was. It was being a salesperson, being the accountant, being the uh, accounts payable, the person that tracks down when payments aren't made, the, the janitor, the, you know, everything was my job. And so when I was doing a job, I wasn't just doing that job. I was also thinking about where's next week's pay going to come from and the week after that. And I need to get clients lined up. But if I have too many clients, that's a problem. If I don't have enough clients, that's a problem. So there's this, this balance in the middle with not letting people get too frustrated about not being chosen, but trying to keep them all aligned for later. And it became quite the stress. And so I decided that even though I was successful at it, as far as on a monetary standpoint, I decided I want to have a 40 hour a week, no more job. And so I wanted something that would provide a steady paycheck that would allow me to not have to think about that seven days a week. So I chose less pay in order to buy back that stress, to reduce that stress in my life. In fact, I had an interview with a company where it was a great job. It was a great product. I really wanted to work for them. Everything looked good until we talked about vacation time. And their vacation time was after a year, I would get a week of vacation. 
And when I asked how many hours a week they work, the answer was, we work pretty hard around here. Those two answers didn't cut it for me. And so I told them thanks, but no thanks. And I was able to do that because I was confident that I could find somewhere else to work. I didn't have to take that job. And in fact, a job came along later. I talked to who became my boss and I said, I don't want to be insulting or anything, but right up front, let's talk about vacation and hours of the week. And he said, well, we have three weeks officially in the books, but we don't really track it. Take what you need. And as far as hours per week, we're pretty insistent that you don't work more than 40 hours a week. 40 is we like you to work, but no more. That was huge. That was a massive reduction in my stress. That was a, a indication that going forward, I won't have these stresses, the stress of working too much, taking away from the family, not having time to go to soccer games and all the rest. That would be reduced to a very small uh, bit of stress, if any, and that I wouldn't have to balance that out with a lot of refilling because of the fact that my, my job was not overly stressful. And you know what? I chose that job even though the pay wasn't the greatest. In fact, the pay was about half what I could have gotten other places, but it was enough for what I needed. And it was something that I said, this reduction in stress is more valuable than the pay was. So there's a time when you can remove, if you can remove yourself from that bad situation, make sure that you pick a situation if you can, that's going to keep your stress low. So those things can help manage your stress both now and going forward. Um, when it comes to an interview, make sure that you can gel with your boss. If at all possible, make sure that you can um, if you can figure out, can I work with this person long-term or are they kind of a jerk, but they're offering me a good job because if they're kind of a jerk, but they're offering you a good job, is it a good job? I mean, don't get me wrong. You got to provide for your family. And sometimes you have to work in a bad situation in order to provide for your family. I get that. I absolutely do. And in that case, you're taking on a stress in order to relieve a different stress. You're taking on the stress of a frustrating boss because that's less of a stress than not being able to provide for your family. But if you have the choice, don't work for the jerk. Okay. Um, and then finally make a friend, try and find someone that understands the stresses of your life. Now that might not always be your life partner. Um, my wife knows some of my stresses. My wife um, listens to stories that she probably gets bored of um, because of the fact that they don't really relate to her life. But um, there are some things that she's just not going to be a great uh, sounding board for because of the fact that she doesn't know programming and she doesn't want to, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, but sometimes you need that person in your life that does know. The person that that can be that empathetic ear to listen to and, and to say, yeah, that's tough. Um, or to say, Hey, have you thought of this, uh, somebody can talk to and go, man, that was a hard week. And here's why, 
Um, make that friend at your job if you can. Find someone that can be your support system because going through life alone, whether it's at your job or in general, is really hard. That adds a lot of stress in general. And if you can reduce that or eliminate that by having people in your life, that will be really important. So these are ways you can reduce stress. You can choose to reduce stress. You can choose to reduce the causes of eventual burnout. If you're at the spot where you're already burned out, you're going to have more work to do. It's not just, hey, make a friend. You're good to go. Um, it's not like that. The first thing you have to do is make sure that you acknowledge where you're at. Acknowledge it. Yeah, I'm burned out. And, and then don't be hard on yourself. Yes, you're burned out. Absolutely. So let's figure out how to slowly move out of this. And yes, it's going to take time. Be okay with that. If you can, yeah, getting away, that'd be great for it. It's not going to solve it. Just saying, hey, I'll take a, a week vacation and somehow it's going to magically fix my burnout. That's not going to do it. It's going to take more than that. But that'd be a good start. That's a good thing to at least start doing is see if you can't get away. See if you can't get away from the situation entirely. One of the words of wisdom that a, a coworker of mine gave me, oh goodness, 10, 15 years ago, was if you can take a two-week vacation, not a one-week vacation. Now, if you're not in the U.S., you may go, yeah, duh, we take a month vacation. Um, but in the U.S., Taking even a week vacation sometimes feels like an excess. Um, if you can, take a two-week vacation once a year. Because in his words, when he got through the first week, that's when he finally stopped thinking about work. When his brain finally shut down on the work side and started engaging in fully in the vacation mode. So doing for a two-week vacation gave him a full week of fully relaxing, of fully saying, yes, I am fully present on this vacation. I'm, I am fully uh, engaged in relaxation or in goofing off or spending time with family. And with that, what happens is you start filling that tank back up. You start adding more to the tank than you take away. You start creating memories that will last you for a lifetime, things that will make you smile on the hard days. So if you can take that longer vacation every week or every, yeah, every week, no, uh, every year, at least try and take one longer vacation to get away. Um, and if possible, get away from your house too, because I know that yes, a staycation can work, but when you're at your house, you start thinking about, oh, I need to to fix that downspout, or I need to mow the grass, or I need to, and it becomes just a different stress that you add to your life. So if possible, get away, uh, read a book, um, just totally disengage your mind from the stresses and hopefully engage it in something different. You should also maybe talk to somebody. If you are in the midst of burnout, maybe a counselor, maybe a coworker, but try and get engaged with people and get them in your life to help you, not just to tell you what to do, but to listen to you and to help you work through what you're going through. 
it's important that you don't just ignore it. Ignoring burnout doesn't solve the problem, it makes it worse, okay? And again, this is like running out of oil in your car, your engine's gonna seize up, and if you do, you could ruin the engine, you could cause massive problems, and it's gonna be very, very expensive and time-consuming to get back on the road. So you, do, you wanna avoid this if possible, but if you're into it, don't just keep pushing through, stop, make some changes, try to start seeing uh, progress in moving out of burnout uh, with your choices, okay? So I hope that helps. There's This is a very, very deep subject I'm trying to cover in a very short amount of time. This is just touching the surface. If you are really struggling with burnout, there are a lot of great resources on the web that you can reach out to. Again, talk to somebody. Don't just hold it in. Don't just try and push through. You need to make sure that you listen to your body, listen to how you're feeling and make sure that you uh, reduce those stresses if at all possible and, and get through this, okay? Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great day. And as always, I am Tim Corey. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dev Questions. Tim is committed to making it easier for you to become a developer. If you would like to help make more content like this possible, please like, subscribe, rate, and share Dev Questions. You can also send your questions to questions at iamtimcorey.com. Until next time, remember, you are too smart and your time too valuable to waste it making all the mistakes Tim did. When you're ready to learn to think and code like a professional developer, head over to iamtimcorey.com and enroll in a course.